What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? I can introduce podcast. My name is Saul Mondelli, at Saul Mondelli NBA on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker, at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hello, hello. I'm here. As you may have noticed, we do not have a theme song this week, and we have not had one for a couple weeks now, and that is because I am actively uh, cutting out the theme song from the podcast. It seems like a lot of people have been skipping through it, and I've actually had comments telling me, like, and this is way too long. Like we can't be we skipping forty five seconds into the podcast <laughs> to hear you guys speak. So I I am cutting that out of the podcast until we get a shorter and better theme song. Yeah, it's like a it's like how when everyone always skips the intro on every Netflix show. They're lovely intros though, and it's a lovely song. I heard a take a couple weeks ago that we don't need intros anymore, just for anything. <laughs> and it's it's been it's been kind of marinating in my head. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind it's kind of right, like. Do we actually watch Netflix intros? Do we watch? I mean, do we listen to podcast intros? Like, I, I, I don't think we do. I, I, think, I think we all collectively skip through them. I think they should be there, even if we can skip past them every time. I think it adds something to the art, uh, well, and I think it's a valuable piece of a work. Wrestling theme songs definitely can't go away. Like that, that that's <laughs> you, you can't get rid of those. I mean, if you didn't have intros and you wouldn't have, uh, like, the, the titles of Fast and Furious movies oh, yeah, you can't, swooshing by and I stuff. I was just about to mention that. You cannot skip by the Fast Five or Fast and Furious soundtracks. They're, they're just... <laughs> I'll retract my take. Theme songs are still good in certain places, but I, I think in some areas of entertainment, they're, they're getting tired. Like we're, We just... We just got to get a short, punchy theme song so we can truly be the Fast and Furious of uh, NBA podcasts. You think they'd sue us? <laughs> For what? Like, if I just put their music in here, like, you, you, do you think they? You think they get mad? Uh, which Universal? music? I got uh, I don't know. Uh, you can give it a go and see how many lawyers show up at your door. I don't want to do that. <laughs> that sounds like a headache. Hey, I'm, I'm I'm washing my hands of this already. Uh, right now, I'm gonna say I I have no part of this decision making process and. Uh, uh, Universal, I apologize for anything we've ever done to you. Forrest, this was your idea. You told me before we started recording, <laughs> like we should use a Fast and Furious theme song, and I'm I, I'm just kind of bringing it out of the ether. Let's go ahead and get into it. We went out and asked questions to Twitter, and I think this is a great question to start off on. From Sa- at Saud says, if the main roster stays fully fit, just how far can this Rockets team go in the playoffs? Also, will Harden be able to replicate this regular season form? Um, let's start with the first part of the question. If the main well, let roster... me ask for a clarification. I want to start with one clarification. Go ahead. Can or will? I mean, just in general, like, are you asking what? It, like, he's asking how far are they going to go to playoffs? Is that their ceiling or is that their expected progression? Because those aren't the same thing. Uh, and I, I kind of want to talk about both of them. So that's gonna, that's gonna inform how my answers are going to be. Is that I'm going to talk about both the ceiling and I think what the average expectation should be. So I've been thinking about this for a couple weeks now, and I've, I'm actually doing a story on this, and that, that's why I decided to start with this because I, I'm having trouble placing this team. Like I, I'm just having a, a really tough time uh, deciding how how good are they because I, I I think I've recognized that they are a title contender this year. Like I think I can get I can get with that. 
But just how much of a title contender they are, and in relation to last year, are they that same threat to the Golden State Warriors? And I'm not sure if they are, but I, what I do know is the bottom half of the Western Conference got much tougher. And uh, I think Daryl Morey said in an interview this week that Whatever whatever playoffs matchup the Rockets are going to get, their first round matchup is likely going to be going to be more tough than where it was last year, and their finals matchup is going likely going to be more tough than where it was last year because both the bottom half of the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference have gotten better. So it's going to be a oh, tough. The top road. half of the Eastern Conference has gotten better. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough road, and that that's kind of why I'm I'm having a tough time placing them because I, you know, there's there's been this like this question that's been placed in the ether by Rockets fans like oh this team is as good as last year like I, I I'm not sure if it is like and, and there's some people that are saying this team is deeper than where it was last year and like I think I, I think this team can simultaneously be deeper than last year's team while at the same time not being better if that makes sense can I you, think that's true do, 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 am I am I making sense yeah because they're they do have more playable players, right? They have more guys, like one through ten, more uh, guys who can. That's yeah, they have one. more guys, yeah. right? But the top eight guys are not as good, right? Basically, if we compare like the last year's roster with this year's roster, uh, out is Ariza and uh, and Lucas Mute and Ryan Anderson, and in we have Daniel House, Gary Clark. Uh, Iman Schumpert, uh, more Gerald Green, Gerald Green, uh, uh, Austin Rivers, and uh, and and Fareed, right? So that so that's a lot more playable guy. Like, and those guys are all plausibly rotation players, and have some of them have been so at different times in the year because of the necessity at the time. Uh, below Ryan Anderson, there was really nobody last year. Uh, and realistically, it means that for a playoff situation, you're effectively trading uh, Ariza for House, uh, Lucas Bute for Amon Schumpert, and Ryan Anderson for nobody because Ryan Anderson was not playable then. And Did I, not we play don't know. in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And we don't know if uh, Kenneth Freed will be playable now. And then you have uh, Austin Rivers as kind of like a floater stopgap, right? So yeah. they definitely have more versatility. They, I think they like in terms of how many guys you could put on a floor, they have more depth. But the playoff rotation, I think, is a downgrade. Like House is great, but he is not as good as Ariza was for them last year. Now I'm not going to say he's. I'm not going to say anything about how good Ariza is this year, and that doesn't matter. Uh, same with with Luke versus uh, versus Iman Schumper, right? Like. I would say Iman Schumpert this year is better than Luke is this year, but that's because Luke has not been able to play because of injury. So uh, they're both downgrades from the the players in rotation they've respectively replaced, but not necessarily huge downgrades. So uh, which also leads me to the to the, the moreover point of how far can they go in the playoffs? Well, this team's ceiling I think is equally high to last year's ceiling. When this team is on, they are just as deadly as last year's Rockets team. They're just not always on in the way last year's team was. Yeah, Matt Moore talked about this actually. He said their floor is much lower than it was last year, and I actually agree with that. Like, that's I, right. I think the path to the Western Conference Finals is much tougher, and no, and, and people are kind of like like smoozing past these other teams. Like, like Denver is really good. Like, I'm sorry, Denver is a really good basketball team. I realize the Rockets have been really good against the Nuggets these past couple of years. I realize the matchup issues that uh, pertain to that particular series. I get it. 
But I'm sorry, like they're, they're just a different team. Paul Millsap looks like he's 29. <laughs> like he 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 just looks like a different dude. Monty Morris is really good for for them off the bench. Like they have just a lot of guys who can play playoff basketball. And and it's not it's not just the Nuggets. Like the, if you, you go on down the line of the Western Conference, like Utah's really good. The Clippers are really good. Like the Thunder are really good. Like I, I I'm not sure yeah, if I, nobody's I bought- an, yeah nobody's an easy out. There's no such thing in the West this year. And even though I think the like for example. Utah is probably the closest thing, and like maybe Den- like Utah and Denver are bad matchups against the Rockets, right? Like the like they're the Rockets are a bad matchup for them. So I would definitely easily take Houston against either of those teams. But even so, it's not it's not a given like it was against say the Wolves last year. Yeah, I, I just think like you can't dismiss like the probability for the Rockets to play a six or seven game series before the Western Conference Finals. Is I think higher than where it was last year. Oh, for sure, and the probably they can lose too if they get like if they draw the Thunder. Like you, I don't know if Rockets fans want to hear this, but the Thunder are totally capable of beating the Rockets in a series. I mean, obviously the Rockets are capable of beating them as well, but that wouldn't be anything like a cakewalk. That would be a tough close series. Yeah, and and I t- I think we talked about this in the, on the last podcast. Like I was comfortable last year penciling in that Rockets team into the conference finals. Like I, I was yes. comfortable doing that because I felt that that team was so historically dominant throughout the course of the season. They had they had zero chinks in their armor. Whereas this this season, I feel like there are multiple chinks, and like I I, I just have a hard time getting there with this team. And like I I think this team is really good. Like again, again since the All Star break, they have like a like a really good net rating, like one of the three best in the league. They have the best record in the league since the All-Star break, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure after, after that Milwaukee loss, but I think they still do. And they have the fourth best defense in the league, but there's still some things I just can't get past. Like, like for example, to t- their defensive rebounding. They're still t- yeah. they 28th in the league in defensive rebounding since the All-Star break. So the, they're still pl- playing good defense, Without good defensive rebounding, I'm not sure how much I I, I I can buy into that. Like, can you be a good defensive team while still being this like terrible on the on the defensive glass? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, the, the, there's there are things with this Rockets team I just can't get past. Like, there's that game earlier in the year where they played Oklahoma City. I think it was Carmelo Anthony's last game, where the, and the Oklahoma City Thunder did not have Russell Westbrook, and this was like. The, the Rockets were up for like three quarters of the game, and they just got demolished on the glass, like absolutely demolished. They they just could not stay in front of Stephen Adams. They could not stay in front of guys like Patrick Patterson and Jeremy Grant. And like, the, if if you can't, I'm sorry, if you can't at least stay like slightly behind on the on the defensive rebounding battle, you have no chance. You have no chance. Like you 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 just. I just it's hard for me to buy into that level of defense like with that defensive rebounding rate. And I I, I know they've done it as of late and I I think on the last podcast I did with you like if they can get to 20th in defense like I, I would feel much better. They are now at 21. So they've climbed all the way back from 25th or 28th like however bad they were on defense. They've climbed all the way back to 21 and they're like 0.1 points per 100 possessions back of 20. So they're effectively where I said I wanted them to be at the last podcast we did. And I still have a tough time buying them because they just haven't cleaned up a lot of their issues. And yes, they've been winning, but like I just 
I don't know. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I, th- there are things with this I, team I just mentally can't get over. And well, I'm not sure if that's that, fair to them. There's stuff that they can't get over either, right? Like, the rebounding thing isn't going to clean up. It clearly can't. Uh, it's just part of who they are right now. And it's weird that the it is those three players that left who are doing it. But, uh, you know, the, the three guys who left were all actually decent at rebounding is the thing. Uh, so... They did lose some defensive rebounding. I think that their defense can still be good enough, depending on whom they're playing. And that's really what it comes down to, I think, especially with this Western Conference this year, is that it's much more about matchups, especially for Houston, than it was. They were just so good last year that matchups weren't a thing. Yeah, you didn't they, have to worry d- about it. It didn't matter, yes. Yeah. And that, you know, that's all we were saying last year. People were asking before the playoffs, so who, do you, who, who do they want to see in the playoffs? And we were like, it doesn't matter. Right, like they're yeah. they're so much better than everyone else. Who cares? They just will beat whoever they come they come across until the Warriors. Uh, this year, it's not the case. This year, their floor is a lot lower, and they are vulnerable to matchup problems. So, if they get the right teams, they have a really good shot at getting back into the Western Conference Finals. If they draw the wrong teams, especially teams who are going to be able to punish them on the uh, on their defensive glass, then they might well get upset any round. So. The Rockets could easily lose in round one if they draw the wrong team that plays the wrong way against them, or they could make it all the way back to the conference finals or even further. Like they, they are they are built to take on the Warriors, uh, and you know Cousins being added to the team uh, throws some wrinkles in there, but it's it's hard to know exactly how many what those wrinkles are going to look like in the playoffs because it's been weird with them. Uh, yeah. But like this is a team built to pl- to play the Warriors and not anybody else. So because their because their floor fell out a little bit because the makeup changed, other teams are not designed to defeat actually have a chance at defeating them this year, and that's the big worry. Yeah, and you know I mentioned earlier that the Rockets have a lot more chinks. I do also believe that the Warriors have more chinks than they did last year. Yeah, they've gone through some hardship, haven't they? Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to mention. Like, and I, I also think the Boogie is a part of those chinks, right? Like, I think. I think in a playoff series, I'm not sure how much Boogie is going to play against the Rockets. Like, I, I think that's a rotation player. You can play off the floor if you're Houston. And I realize he played well against Houston in that last matchup. But I just, like, you, you know, our, our post-game reaction to that was, like, really shocking. Like, like, we were shocked that DeMarcus was able to dom- dominate Houston to that extent. But at the same time, I'm not sure if we all really believe that that's going to be the case in a seven-game series. Like, Boogie's going to play that well against Houston. And it's, yeah, it's a big question mark. Right. And I I, I think I think what, to what you were talking about earlier about how the Rockets are built to play the Warriors, I think that's correct. Like, I think they are built to, to put up the best fight against the Golden State Warriors than any other team in the Western Conference. Like, I, I, I have gotten there. Like, I, I, I'm at that point with the Rockets. I think if they can get there... They can pose a better fight than any, any other West team. I can I could buy into that, but getting there I think is going to be harder, and I think that's something we can't just dismiss. <laughs> uh, unless the Warriors fall to two and the Rockets take the three, <laughs> we'll see. <Yeah. laughs> Which yeah. is totally on the table, by the way. With uh, who know who knows how uh, Nurkic's injury is going to affect Portland. Uh, people are penciling him in for the four already, but uh, we'll see. Don't always assume injuries mean losing games, and. Uh, and the Warriors have, you know, they had a hard time beating the Grizzlies, et cetera. They've looked kind of woozy lately. So there is a non-zero chance that the Rockets and the Warriors end up in the same bracket together. Yeah, prayers up to Nurkic, by the way. Uh, that was yeah, a, that was awful. It just reminded me how delicate 
like a, a contender is, a championship contender is. Like you have to have special coaching, special chemistry, special top end talent, and special injury luck. Like you have to have all those things con- converse together to to, yeah. to even have a chance to get into the conversation. It just it's just a fresh reminder of how delicate it is. This stuff is hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, unless you have five all stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if you can break the system, it's it's uh it's much easier. Yeah. Uh, the the good news for Nurk, of course, is that uh, that's the same. That's basically the same injury that happened to Paul George. He came back from it just fine. Hopefully, Nurkic will come back as strong as he was before. And as far as the second part of uh, this man's question, also, will Harden be able to rec- replicate his regular season form? Um, I think I have become resigned to the fact that James Harden is just a less efficient player in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. I think I think that's okay. As long as he can still be effective, I, I think I think you can live with him shooting like what, fifty eight percent true shooting <laughs> instead of like sixty two. Uh, you should be okay with that. And I'm gonna give you some reasons why. And the main reason is that everybody is worse in the playoffs than the regular season. That's just kind of how it works. People get less efficient. Defenses tighten up. Schemes start. That's a big part. People start scheming more successfully. You get a, a give and take there with defenses. It is not. It is not weird across the board. Like most players shoot a lower efficiency in the playoffs. That's because it is a different scenario. Effort goes up, and defense is primarily an effort situation. So defenses do get better in the playoffs. Guys shoot worse. Uh, I I don't know if James Harden is better or worse than the average player or average star when it comes to his decline in the playoffs. But the weird thing is that we act like it's so, like I think it's so unique to him uh, that his numbers, his offensive numbers, are not quite as efficient in the playoffs. I think we know why that happens. But um, as far as like, did did did, did last night's game against the Bucks did did that cause any alarms for you? Because it, it kind of did to me because. I think there are teams that can scheme Harden better than most. And the Bucks are definitely one of them. Like the way they played him defensively, like they just gave him an empty right lane. Like just gave it to him. And he got and he was able to get to the basket and then the Bucks would just collapse. Like Brooke Lopez would be there and like an, like two wing defenders would be there to to help. And when the Rockets aren't hitting shots, that defense is actually pretty effective against him. Now, if when they are hitting shots, you know, there's nothing you can do to guard him. Like, there's absolutely nothing you can do to guard him because he is so good in so many facets of the game. Like, he'll be able to find a way to find an open shooter or get an efficient shot for himself. But when his teammates aren't making shots, that's that. Like, and we've seen this in the playoffs with Houston before. I, I think it is a real chink in the armor for uh, Harden as a player. And I don't think it's unique to Harden. I just think it's like when you have an offense with a player with such a high usage, I just think it's easier to scheme. Uh, I mean, my feelings on this are multiple. Uh, number one, I think, is that Mike D'Antoni is notably doesn't give anything away in the regular season. <laughs> like he does not like to do the big adjustments that he's going to need to do. Like I think that there's probably some adjustments they can make to deal with that. But he, like as they as with the Warriors game they lost, where they just kept running their regular stuff over and over. I think he just doesn't want to give anything away right now. Uh, he does make adjustments in the playoffs. We've seen it happen. I know people are going to say he's a terrible coach, but uh, I think Budenholzer is an excellent coach, probably better than Mike D'Antoni. It's not a dig on Mike D'Antoni at all. Uh, I think we just think he doesn't like to make those adjustments until when it really matters. And he'd rather take a loss than give the Bucks like 
extra info about how they're going to deal with that particular scheme. The worry is that it is a scheme that other teams could do before they meet before they were to potentially meet the Bucks. I think you shouldn't expect him to replicate his regular season performance in the playoffs. Like I, I, I just think it, what he's doing in the regular season right now, and you wanted to bring this up, it's just ridiculous what he's doing right now. It's like what hard he's, is- he's shooting thirty nine percent on step back threes, which is unbelievable. That's 1.17 points per possession. That's like an elite offensive rating from a play which is James Harden looks for a switch and does stuff. His offensive abilities are historic, and I don't know what else to say about it. I've, I've never seen anybody with this combination of awareness and individual brilliance. It's, it is wild. He adds a new aspect to his game every year. Like, this step-back three is a new thing. We could kind of see it coming when he... When he, I remember a few years ago, he was talking about the step-daddy, his little, like, mid-range step-back he was doing. And that kind of evolved into this. Like, last year he added a floater. Every time we sit down and say, well, you know what would make Harden even greater if he did X? He seems to do that. I think you mix those two up. I think he added the step-back three last year, and I think he added the floater this year. Because he, he, he's, like... He wasn't this efficient on floaters, like, ever. It's true. Well, I guess he's been adding them. He, he, he didn't do the step-back three quite as much last year, though. He's been really, like, doubling down it this season. Sure. So I feel like he got better at it. He's more confident with it. So maybe it's kind of both. Yeah, I think that's right. But, like, but, the floaters used to be the only thing you could, like, be like, okay, we're going to take away everything from Harden and force him to shoot these floaters because he's not, just not as efficient. Like, and if he's hitting those floaters, I'm just not sure what you do with him. Like I'm just I'm just not sure how Guard you Guard him from behind. <laughs> yeah, like other than have all his teammates miss wide open jumpers. Like I I don't I'm just not sure how you defend him or even slow him down. It's just it's just painfully difficult. Like I think you remember that quote that that quote from Greg Popovich like two years ago where he he said, I spend more time watching film on James Harden than any other player in the league. Like that's that fascinates me because the Spurs don't watch that much film. They're famous for this. They don't watch that much film on other teams. Yeah, they run their system and their system works. Unless, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, I uh, I think he is one of the greats of all time. Uh, I am terrified of what he's going to become every successive year. Like we, I I felt like he was going to start plateauing, and he just has not done it yet. He will sooner or later, obviously, but. I don't know. Uh, when he first came to the team, I thought he was going to be like an all-star, like like a, a strong all-star, and he has exceeded everyone's expectations. So uh, it's a great a time to yeah, ask me a question. So when was the first game you felt like okay, this guy is like one of the three or four best players in the league, or like one of the five best players in the league, and you can legitimately win a championship with him? Like, do you remember that first moment you felt that way? Like, oh man. Uh, do you think win a championship with him or one of the best five players in the league? Because I don't both. Like I mean, win a championship with him as your best player. Like, like I'll tell you mine, and I guess you can figure out from there. Like, do you remember that Cleveland game where I think the moniker the Rockets used after the game was King James? Do you remember? That oh game? yes, the one, the one with uh, with LeBron getting kicked. Right. Yeah. The, that game. Like he went at LeBron's neck in that game. Like he literally sought him out. He on defense and on offense like he legitimately wanted to he wanted to claim like something like he wanted to make a statement that game I don't I don't know what the hell was going through his head but he just hit some ridiculous shots in that game and I was like okay oh my god this guy is just from another planet like and that's kind of that first game for me do you have a moment like that for you 
Uh, I think for me, the moment where it really sunk in that this guy is unstoppable is that uh, a couple years ago, that Knicks game where he had like a 57.15 assist triple-double. Right. Because he just did whatever he wanted all night. Like, yeah, it's the Knicks, but no one's ever done something like that before. He just went completely berserk. He just had, had no limits. He just was out there tooling around, having his way completely with the other team. And even against bad teams, that is not easy to do. That was on New Year's, right? Or something like that. that yeah, like, it was New Year's Eve. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that game. Like, it was just a, a ridiculous... And he's had, like, 12 of these games in Houston. <laughs> like, he's he's had, like... Like, if you look at the Rolodex of, like, Rockets scoring performances of all time, like, he's, like, slowly inching out Calvin Murphy. Like, poor little Calvin Murphy's holding on by a thread. Like, when you, when you, when you show the gra- <laughs> graphic on TV... Like Harden has every single performance except for one of them, and Murphy's just like barely there. He's like barely hanging on. Yeah, to me, I, th- this kind of links up to what we were saying earlier. The biggest plaudit for Harden is that in the Harden D'Antoni years, consistently, consistently, the best way to beat the Rockets is to hope they miss their threes. That's what's worked the best for everyone. If you can, if they start missing their threes, then you can take them apart. Uh, but the fact that that's what it takes, you have to just hope that like they are they're cold. That's an amazing honor. That like that's how good this offense is. That's the only really consistent way that you can beat them. Because even if they're you know if if they're hitting their threes, so many other things can go wrong, and they still have a better than even chance of beating you. So uh, he is an offensive maestro on a level I think I've never seen before, uh, and he he needs to be in some conversations. We need to start discussing how high in the current echelons of the NBA is, and maybe over the summer we'll talk about where he is historically. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've talked about this off the air. Like, it, it, it's a very fascinating conversation to have. Let's move on to another question. I think we spent like yeah. tw- like twelve or fifteen minutes on this question. Um, good question. Yeah, it was a good question. Um, from Harden for MVP at TJJSZN. Why does D'Antoni let Shepard continue to play like Andrew Wiggins? Um, <laughs> okay, so the Shepard hate is getting out of hand, I think, and that that's just that's just one man's opinion. Obviously, like there are a lot of credible people that believe Shepard should not be in the rotation, but like I I just think Shepard is is a better player than Rockets fans. I give him credit for. Don't get me wrong; he's been horrendous off offensively for Houston since he's came here. But I don't think that's going to be permanent. I think he's going to hit some more shots as the season tails off. And in the playoffs, I think he's a playable player. I think he should be part of the rotation. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. His his offense is, leaves much to be desired, but he's not historically like a horrendous three-point shooter. And his defense is hard to deny. That's the main deal. Is that I think the biggest reason that, that he's getting so much hate is... Uh, <laughs> he there's always that guy right there's always the one dude that that like the fan base doesn't like and in this case Schumpert had the bad luck of uh being the like settle the settle trade that you know was obviously not their first choice this is everyone was disappointed by it even those of us who thought it was a pretty good trade wanted something better uh and then he came in and didn't look nearly as good as they wanted him to look and also he kind of got lumped in with the idea of trying to evade the salary tax so there's a lot of acrimony among Rockets fans 
re- relating to this year that he's unfortunately for him at the nexus of, and I don't think it's really his fault except for he's missing threes. So <laughs> if he could just start hitting those threes, then uh, I think a lot of this would go away. But yeah, I think it's not entirely undeserved because he has been disappointing for his salary compared to some guys like Daniel House who are you know just doing much better on a much smaller salary. Uh, but he doesn't deserve this level of hate he gets. His defense is, is uh, undeniable, and he is a, a he is an asset to the team. Yeah, and the question I have for people who just like just don't want to see him on the floor, like who would you rather have? Like, do you want Kenneth Fareed or Austin? Is is that really like yeah. going to improve the Rockets' rotation that much? Like, it's, it's you're really complaining about a marginal thing. Like, like he's probably like Houston's eighth or ninth guy, and. In the large, in the larger aspect of the playoffs, it really doesn't matter who your eighth or ninth guy is, especially for a team like Mike D'Antoni, who's going to play their starters like thirty-five plus minutes a night. Like it's, it, it doesn't really matter because, regardless, he is a good defender, and I think he'll hit some of these shots. And he did a lot more off the dribble stuff in Sacramento than I think people remember. Uh, I'm not sure if Rockets fans were watching Sacramento Kings games, but he was really <laughs> good for the Kings this year. He just he, he was he was a pretty damn good player. He he recovered from his injury really well. He had a knee ailment, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had something wrong with the knee, got surgery this summer, and he recovered pretty well. I think he's a good player. I think he's fine in Houston's rotation. Um like the Rockets are going to change their rotation by matchup. Like I asked Mike D'Antoni about this, the the, the nine man rotation is not locked down. So yeah. some nights Shumpert might not play, and some nights uh, he will play. It's not a big deal. <laughs> some nights Fareed won't play, and some nights nope, just Fareed won't play in the playoffs. Right, <laughs> that's my hot take for the playoffs, y'all. Fareed's not going to be playable in them. Look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Why do the Rockets play with my feelings so much? Even though they typically play in the <laughs> evening, they're s- still I- able to absolutely ruin my day sometimes. It's got to the point where I need some book or movie or show or comic <laughs> to just dive into to distract myself from everything related to basketball to the Rockets win again. Where can I expect the Rockets to get past this level of dependence? Um, Honestly, like, I just... Thanks, thanks NinjaN. It, it gets better. Like honestly, like if if you watch other basketball, I think that helps. Like if you're watching other basketball games, like if you're like not just watching the Rockets, which I know a lot of fans do and they enjoy that, and that's fine. You can watch the Rockets, that's okay. But I mean, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, it's okay to watch the Rockets. Yeah, I mean, you you don't have to just like live and die by the team, and I know it's hard to do, but it it, it really shouldn't dictate the way your your day should go about. Like I it's it's easier said than done for a lot of people, but honestly, it's just at the end of the day it's just a basketball team. And I, and I realize this is, this is a podcast about that basketball team, so it's a little ironic that I'm saying this, but it, it it's it's not a big deal. Like it should not affect your day. It it's, it doesn't affect, whether the Rockets win or lose is not going to affect anything in your life. So I think the best way to do the best way to get over that de- that level of dependency is to think about it that way. It's not, the, the Rockets are wh- whether they win or lose, it's not going to affect anything you do in your life at all. Uh, I'm gonna all right. Let me let me tackle this little, little guy here. Uh, so fair. <laughs> this is fair. Uh, I think a lot of this is a because fandom is fandom, right? We devote ourselves to these yeah, teams. Yeah, fandom is because, awesome. By the way, yeah, like like, like I like fan. <laughs> I, I like that fans are this passionate about the team. Like I, yeah. I like that. 
I think you should feel however you want to feel about it, as long as it's not making the rest of your life worse, right? Uh, so from the more general to the more specific, I think that if anything that you have no control over is doing this, like, no control over and does not affect you, right? Because whether or not the Rockets win a championship, unless you work for the team or, like, are maybe an employee of the city of Houston, it doesn't really make any difference doing your life if they win or lose, uh, except for your emotional investment. So, and you have no control over them either, which is fine. You should, it's like being invested in a TV show or a movie or something. Invest in it as much as you want. Uh, make sure that you have other outlets, however. Like, I, I mean, honestly, a big part of it is just if you have a full life outside of it, then go ahead and be upset for a couple hours, you know, wallow in it, do what you need to do, uh, but then have people you can, you know, go go hang out with or whatever that you do in your life, have your other hobbies and interests, and et cetera, then you can move on from it. Uh, you can have that controlled sports highs and lows as much as you want, which I think is a valuable thing about sports. So I encourage everybody to feel, to feel sports happy and sad. Sports happy and sad are great because they're not going to like poison the rest of your life if you don't let them. It's a good outlet for feeling some real stuff. Uh, to get more specific, we're a little bit cursed that last year was so good. Uh, Rockets fans have become spoiled because it's easy to get spoiled by how just amazing they were. And that every night they would just kick someone's ass. So uh, it, it is a big disappointment now. They are also the Rockets who are a team which will they will punish you as soon as you think you know anything about them. They're going to prove everyone wrong sooner or later. So uh, putting that much stock into this particular team is oftentimes a bad idea. They are whew, they are the most variant team I've ever seen from year to year, from game to game. So uh, just be ready for it. You know, I say invest as much as you want to, but be aware of what you're investing in going into it. Yeah, and I could not recommend watching other basketball more. But by the way, the NBA is just in such a great spot. Like you'll you'll love the the basketball that's being played. Like like if you can just watch like the Denver Nuggets on a random Thursday night, like it's it's great. Like it's just fun basketball to watch. Yeah. The freaking like, Mavs have been a lot of fun this year. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like like if you watch other teams, if you watch other games that have nothing to do with the Rockets, like. Don't just watch other teams because for the sake of matchups. Like, oh, if they're, if this team loses, then the Rockets advance to the sixth seed. Like, watch a game that has nothing to do with the Rockets. And, and just enjoy it for once. And and it's easier said than done to detach yourself from the team. Like, it, it's obviously easier for us to say because we don't really put that much stock in it. It doesn't really affect us if they win or lose. We don't care. Just don't, don't overthink it. Just have some other hobbies, as Forrest says. Watch other basketball. The Rockets lost to the Bucks last night. The sun came up in the morning. You went to work, I, I'm assuming. The coffee tasted the same. Uh, the ride home was the same. You listened to a podcast or whatever, and you got home safely. Like, the, that game literally did not affect your day, and it shouldn't. Yeah, uh, things affect you as much as you let them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but hey, and yeah, uh, you're right. Do watch other games and stuff. Have other things in your life. I say go ahead and let your let those things affect your life if you want to, but... Be aware that it's a choice you're making. Yeah, fair, fair enough. If you want to be invested, be invested. It's 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 more, it's your choice, and I have no problem with fans being diehards. Just don't be a dick to people online. We put that one out there. <laughs> don't yeah. be a dick to people in general. I, I I would strongly recommend what Forrest just said. Please do not at like writers why they're not why they don't like your favorite team. Like it's, it's just <laughs> it's not it's not the best. It's not the most healthy way to go about your day. Let's move on to another question. Right, what we got? Uh, favorite quote from players only commentary during last night's game. 
Oh my <laughs> god, I hate flares only so much. I, I there, there's not there are a few things I hate in life more than players only. Like it, it, like especially when I get up for a basketball game, and I, I turn on the TV and I realize that it's players only. Like it's it's the biggest letdown. You know I really I literally watch that game on mute. I never do that. <laughs> I, I literally watch that game on mute. The second half I'm like I can't deal with this anymore. Like when it became like apparently clear that that these guys have never watched Daniel House dribble basketball. Like I, I was like all right I'm done. Like, like, it's just what I'm assuming is the, the, the former players that are really good at analyzing the game. It, it's a working theory, but the more I've thought about it, the more I feel like it's correct. Like, those guys are in the league. They're still working. They're, co- they're <laughs> yeah, coaches. Probably. They're coaches. They're front office. Uh, they're front office members. They're, you know, somewhere in the G League. They're, 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 they're still involved. They're still actively involved in basketball and still getting paid by a team. <laughs> Like yeah, if, they, if they knew what the hell they're talking about, they could make better money elsewhere. You're saying right? Like like one of my favorite uh, per- people, former players to listen to talk about basketball is um, Shane Battier. Shane Battier just got hired by the Heat last year. Like <laughs> like, like th- yeah. this, this is what I'm talking about. Like these former players on television are just not good at this. Like there are some that are. Pre- I think Chauncey Billups is actually pretty good. Chauncey Billups, I'm a fan of. Um, and, uh, there's a reason that he is so highly sought after as a front office member. Like, 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 this is what I'm talking like, like people who are actually good at this have jobs in the NBA. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the case. Um, I can't deal with players only like there have to be better players, the ex players who would be able to do a better job than these guys. Cause it's just, <sighs> It's like they don't do any homework at all, and they have little to say. I don't know. Like, there's there has to be better better people they could choose because I, I have to believe that there are a bunch of players who would do a good job. But this is, these ones seem very bad at it. I do not like For listening the prob- to that. The at problem all. is those guys are in the league. Like, yeah. like, the guys that would do a better job are getting paid to do a better job for NBA teams. Like, the, 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 that's what I'm talking about. Like. It, there are a lot of smart NBA players that have come through the league, and they are still in the league. Like they stay around, or they're retired, they're, and they don't want anything to do with the league. Like th- that's just the way it rolls. Yeah, well, it'd be nice if they could get some some better players. I don't. It's a weird thing. Uh, I don't really know who it is that they're like they're making players only for exactly, other than maybe like the players who are in the only. Yeah. It. Like it has not gotten good, like feedback at all. Like people do not like players only, and it still continues to be a thing. I think they've even expanded it. Before it was an NBA TV thing. Now it's on TNT. Like it's 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 bad. It's bad. Like and the feedback is like, listen, I love the NBA. I think it's a great league. I think they do a lot of things right. The way they sometimes ignore the feedback of their fans irks me. Like for example, the players' awards. Like that ceremony that that's held at the end of the year, like last year, it was pretty much unanimous that nobody liked the idea of a of an award show being at the end of the year after the NBA playoffs, after all basketball had been played, after all that interest had died down, they did a show, and there was so much complaints, so like a lot of people hated it, a lot of people complained about the timing, and they still did it this year, like I, like sometimes it's okay to listen to your, to the feedback of the fans. Because they know what they're talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I agree, but I no. I mean, I think my suspicion is that much like All Star Weekend, this is a thing that is good for the players. Like the players probably enjoy having this like dinner and awards show and stuff they can go to. So I don't I don't have any particularly strong feelings about it. But like I'm not mad I'm not mad that it exists. But what was wrong with the award? Like- the old awards process before getting the award in front of your home's fans and with your teammates by your side was pretty cool. Like, like I don't, I don't understand why that was a bad system. Well, it might've been bad for something else that we don't know. Like I said, it might've been, it might've been that like someone was somebody, some group was pushing for this to be the case because they prefer it for some reason or, or other that is not visible to us. Uh, it's one of, it, I mean, I think it sucks for the viewers, but I do not know if that's the only concern they have. Like, same with, like, All-Star Weekend, right? Like, All-Star Weekend kind of sucks. It's just kind of, it's not a lot of fun, really. It's just kind of, obviously, NBA convention, but it's a lot of fun for people who go to NBA convention, most notably all the players and stuff who get to have, like, you know, a, a nice vacation weekend somewhere uh, with all of their peers All-Star. and just get to hang out. I think it's fun, but it's not that fun. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. uh, it's 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 missable to me, but I, it's fine. It doesn't not, not everything has to be for me. I like I wish they'd be more honest with what they're doing and why. Like if they would say to us, "Yeah, we did this thing at the end of the year, this award ceremony, because like it's a nice thing for the players, and it's like it's something that we you know that that we're doing because they wanted to do it, uh, and less so because of like whether or not it's pleasant for the fans." I'd be like, "That's fine, you know. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't make me mad. I I would understand." Uh, I'd especially be more upfront this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just like sometimes it's okay to listen to fans. Like, like I remember, like <laughs> the, the big yeah. thing. The big thing last year was like, why aren't they televising this All Star Draft? That this thing would be great television if they just do it. It doesn't have to be too heavily produced. Just put it on TV. It could be half hour, and it'd be great. Like to see LeBron and, and Steph draft their players, and they did it this year with LeBron and Giannis, and it was great. Predictably, because the fans wanted it, it turned out great. And that it, it, it can be that simple sometimes. You don't have to overthink it. Sometimes the fans know what they want and they know what they're talking about. I actually think it might be fun to have the uh, NBA awards thing be in between the regular season and the playoffs. Maybe because I remember, remember it used to be more than like two days between regular season and playoffs. It used to be a little bit of a break. Uh, yeah. And so I wouldn't be mad about like a few days break, like, a, like you know, maybe even like up to most of a week. So they can have like a little kind of NBA regular season celebration or something. Like that'd be fun, right? We see, we see all the regular season awards at the end of the regular season, and then we have some more. St- but I think the reason they did it really, by the way, is that they wanted to have another event later on in the summer uh, after you know, like after the draft and everything to keep people still paying attention. Was it after summer league? Also, I don't remember anymore. Yeah, it was before summer. Like, it's just another television event. Is right. This one to have. This one to spread the events out through the summer to keep people engaged during the off season. Yeah. Uh, but like, well, nah. I will say the, the Bill Russell Award was was pretty cool. Like, the, yeah, it was a nice ceremony. It was a nice like awards show. Really, it wasn't bad. But it just, yeah. I would rather watch it before the playoffs. I'd rather know the results before the playoffs. Just release the yeah. results. You know, like. And it was, it would make the playoffs more dramatic too, to me. Yeah, you can have a play, you can have a you can have a ceremony or whatever, but just release the results ahead of time, like because we're gonna find out. Like there, there's always people that do straw polls and figure this out. Like like you can find out who the MVP is if you really wanted to know. Well, who's the MVP gonna be? Okay, this is, we, this is actually a pretty smooth <laughs> transition to yeah. to this next question from at Nav Kumar Naveen Kumar on Twitter. Uh, discuss why Giannis deserves the MVP over Harden based on last night's game. <laughs> yes, this is, and this is in parentheses. Yes, this is a troll question about MVP narratives. Um, so 
a couple weeks ago, I tweeted that I thought uh, Yada should be the MVP. And I got just flamed on Twitter by Rockets fans. Like, Rockets fans destroyed my mentions. And um, it actually hurt my feelings a little bit because <laughs> because it, it, it just showed me how much of you guys follow me on Twitter but don't listen to podcasts. Because I had said this a week ago on the podcast. Like, Yeah, this, we had a whole thing about it. Yeah, this isn't news. Like, I, I said this on the podcast and, like, you guys just went all over my mentions. I was like, hold on, hold on. You're just finding out that this is my opinion? Like I just the the only difference is I tweeted it, like like that's the only difference. But um yeah like I, I got flamed I, I got flamed about it and then a couple weeks later like Harden started to be really well the Rockets really started to pick it up and Harden's on off like numbers started to look really good and so I thought they were at a dead a dead even pace last night and I still think it's at a dead even pace. I don't think that voters paid much attention to matchups as fans think they do like Howard Beck was on the low post today and he talked about how he does not pay attention to regular season matchups like he he thinks that's not really that important but it does seep into the back of your head like it's you know it's natural like you, we're all humans the two the two leading MVP candidates are facing each other that's what the whole game is centered around that's how that's what all the marketing centered around like it's only natural that's going to get in your head while you're watching the game it's going to seep in in some way shape or form even if you don't want it to it's going to seep in and that's okay i i think it's okay because it's game 75 of the regular season if voters make up their mind on game 75 i don't think it's such a travesty because that means they've watched games 1 through 74 like it's and they were conflicted about it and they held off up until now i don't think it's such a bad thing uh yeah i think that and it's probably not going to affect things very much. It will affect things a little bit. I actually think that uh, that little image that the Bucks tweeted out of "I'm with the MVP" with uh, with PJ next to Giannis is a, a more memorable moment than the fact that the Bucks won that game. Because the truth of the matter is that neither of them made any ground in that in that game as far as like who looked like the better player on that evening. Um, it's still very close. I I don't know. I'm I'm with uh, I'm with some folks who are just like I just want this to be over. I'm just ready to stop worrying about who's the MVP at this point and just see what happens because like maybe I'm just not into it as much as I was like a couple years ago. Like like has it really been that feisty? Like I... no, it's just been boring. <laughs> it's just it's just been like on an ongoing like I don't know, we'll see. I don't know, we'll see. And then like there's a few folks who are mad about it, but whatever. There's always a few folks who are mad about it. I just it just seems to me like kind of inconclusive. And I think that previous years have shown that like arguing online isn't really going to make much of a difference about it. So I just kind of want like the games to happen and, and the award to be given and to not have to worry about any of this like ongoing like campaigns or whatever. So you know, I think I think most of us are not out there campaigning because we're not someone's PR agents. But uh, yeah, I I don't think it's as heated as it was a couple years ago. Like I, no, I don't think people are as mad about it, but I think it's I think it's equally unresolved. Harden winning it last year definitely eased the tensions. You know, like like, like now we know that Harden has his MVP, and it, like it's not a big like before. There was a real question: is will, will Harden ever get one of these things? Right, and now that he has one of them, I don't think fans are as angry or as feisty about it. Like I, I think it's been fairly fine. Like it, it's been fine. Like yeah, it's I, it's just the, to me, it's just the fact that like. It hasn't changed in a while, is really it. Like, there, 
we know what's happening. We know what the stakes are. We know what the credits are. We know who thinks what. Like it's there's not more than two people in the race. It's a two man race. We know what both what like the case is, and there's nothing new yet. So everyone just kind of believes what they believe, and we're just gonna have to wait until the clock runs out, basically. So until something new and exciting happens, I'm just kind of I don't know. I'm gonna check it out on it. I'm just gonna have fun watching James Harden do James Harden stuff and not worry about it. Yeah, and and I do want to mention that both candidates are awesome. Like they're both worthy of this award this year. Where like I'm not sure if I, I felt the same way a couple years ago, but I do feel like the candidates this year, like yeah, absolutely. I don't think anyone should be upset if Giannis wins this thing. Like I really don't. Like like because he's been fantastic. Like he's like like seriously. Like if you have time, just look at the numbers on Basketball Reference. His per 36 numbers, his per 100 possessions, whatever, whatever you want to look at. Like his his numbers are fantastic. The Bucks are great, and it's mainly because of him. And that's. It's okay to it's okay if he wins the award this year because it's it's not like Harden's getting robbed. He he's getting he's he's if he loses he's losing to a worthy candidate. And I think it's fine. And I think I think Harden has a great case this year. I think I think if you're trying to make Harden's case, please don't go after Giannis. Like that 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 should not be the way to make his case. Like if you want to make Harden's case, like I think he actually I think he actually does have, have a pretty good strong case. Like I th- I thought. December twentieth, when they lost to my when they lost to Miami, and when Chris Paul went down, there was a good chance for that team to fold, just shrivel up and die. Like, cause that that could have been the season right there. That 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 very well could have been it. And Harden did not let this team lose. And that that should be your case. That's how you make your pitch to voters. You should not if you want to make your pitch to a voter on to online. Don't start with attacking the other candidate because that will immediately turn that voter off because you're not getting anywhere. Make the case for your guy without attacking the other guy. Harden has an awesome case this year. He's been, we've talked about it at length at the beginning of the podcast on other podcasts. Like he's been amazing and the Rockets would not be where they are without him. Like the Rockets were 11 and 14, 11 and 14. And now they're going to win like 52 games. That's crazy. Like, it's crazy that the Rockets are as good as they are right now. Yeah. And, like, that's incredible. That's how you make your case. That's how you do it. Yeah. Uh, both both players' resumes are unimpeachable. So uh, there is no wrong choice right now. So everyone should just, just uh, chill. not chill be upset out. about it. Yeah. Like, I think it's fine to have very strong opinions about it, but it's not worth being upset over because it's like, you know, it's like it's like cake versus pie <laughs> or something. Tacos versus pizza. Look, whoever loses, we're all winning. And this specifically is not the year to be upset. And I mentioned no. on this podcast that so there are years. There are that that year exists. This is not the year. No, they're both incredible players, so everyone should chill. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to move on to another question. Is HP Basketball's assertion that Do Nuts is the best Rockets fan on Twitter? deserved um yeah yeah i i, I think Wait, forrest is I, like you know you, you're probably you're probably gonna turn this mic off or whatever but like i, I think <laughs> I, I think you're one of the best rockets fans on twitter like i really do i think you have one of the best posters of the team you're, you're you're a pretty good sounding board for me like like the reason i do this podcast with you specifically because i think you're very smart i think you're very level-headed and i think what matt said on twitter was well was well deserved like you you are really good at keeping your feelings in check, leaving them at the door, 
and putting and giving an actual assessment to how you feel about this team. And, and I, I think what he said was deserved. Like, I'm being serious. He, I know you're laughing in the background there, but I'm, I'm being serious. Like, I, you're really good at anal- analyzing this team without getting too emotionally invested. Well, I'll take it. Uh, and that was, that was, that was Ben that asked that one. Hi, Ben. Uh, <laughs> shout outs to Ben. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty high plaudits. Uh, I do sometimes, uh, let my being a sad sack run wild, but, uh, I do that on purpose. It's kind of my online persona. If you like it, subscribe. <laughs> I love the marketing there. Um, thoughts on the Rockets <laughs> most likely becoming the four seed come playoff time. Um, or do you still see them become the third seed? I, I still see them grabbing that third seed when it's all said and done. I do think there's a real chance they fall to that fourth seed. And I think there might be a chance that they might tank if the Warriors fall to the second seed. Like, if the Warriors fall to the second seed, I think there's a pretty good chance that the Rockets might decide it's not worth playing them in the second round. Let's just let's just take the harder first-round matchup and, and, and avoid their bracket. Like, I, th- I think there's a real chance that happens. But I do think... If if all if everything stays how we expect it to be, I think the Warriors keep that first seed. I think the Rockets uh, climb up and get that third seed again uh, because I do think the Blazers without Nurkic it's going to be hard to keep that third seed. Um, the Rockets are going to have to win some difficult games here, starting with this Denver game tomorrow. But I think they do end up with the third seed come playoff time. What about you? Uh, I think the third is the most likely, but not by a lot. I think even if they try for the third, there's a pretty good chance they get the fourth anyway. So I don't think there's any reason for them to start tanking yet. Uh, the, the difficulty is that it's going to be it's we're not going to know where the where the Nuggets and the Warriors shake out probably until like the last few days of the season. So if they they don't really have any situation where they can aim for right now, uh, if they knew now what it was going to be locked into, then they might go for it. But as it is. They probably just kind of want to keep out even with the with the Blazers, which I think is what's going to happen. Uh, and then maybe we'll see them on the last day of the season, like tank out to the Thunder, which wouldn't surprise me. There's a very real chance it'll be worthwhile for them to lose to the Thunder on the last day of the year. Uh, so don't be surprised if everybody rests. Um, Forrest Walker talked about culture at the beginning of the year and how this year with the lineup changes we would see what type of culture we have. Would love to hear an update. Uh, I this, think this right is also now- from Earl McCoy. Yeah, uh, this is actually a pretty good question, and I think that the answer now is a lot more positive than it was going to be earlier in the season. Uh, I think they've shown a real ability to bounce back from a lot of problems. Uh, they, It's funny because the Rockets clearly do have some issues. They clearly do uh, have the ability to get rattled by stuff. But unlike a few years ago when, th- when they got rattled and then things spiraled, they got rattled, but then they managed to pull it back out again. Uh, so it's not like the ironclad chemistry that was last year. They had some difficulties, and they've moved past them. So I think it's not a total win or a total loss. I think it's closer to a good sign than a bad sign because they were able to like get back to having actually a pretty decent defense lately. Uh, and we'll see if that held till the end of the season. But there's there's good signs, right? The the augury is pretty positive right now overall. I think they do have a pretty decent team culture. Uh, I think they were also very proactive about getting rid of elements that were negative to team culture. Yeah. Um, is this a question just about team culture? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Like like Harden, ever since that that twenty four twenty fifteen sixteen year where. Uh, the Rockets won 41 and 41, got eliminated in the first round. Like Harden's just been a different leader since then. And I think that's important. Like he's been 
Like he he takes his body more seriously. He's he comes into camp in shape. He um he leads the team. He he, he takes all these excursions in the off season uh, before the training camp starts uh, and gets to know everybody. Uh, he has a firmer voice in that locker room than he did a couple of years ago. Um, he and just the, the 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 team culture is is great. Like I think I think I think what happened this year had nothing to do with the culture. I just thought the players they brought in were bad. And uh, I, I thought Carmel Anthony was bad. I thought Michael Carter Williams was bad. I thought Marquise Chris was bad. I don't think it had anything to do with, with team culture. I just thought they brought in some ill-fitting parts and they have adjusted that on the fly, as you just mentioned. Yeah, being able to push through adversity is a sign of culture. Yeah. Um, from Ayaz, at underscore I'm Ayaz, uh, give me an assessment of Iman Shepard's play with the Rockets. Guys, he's fine. Like he, it, it's, okay. it, it's not a big he's a guy. He, yeah, he, he's fine. Like he's he's not as bad as what Rocket Twitter makes him out to be. He is fine. If he turns out not to be playable in a series, he won't play in that series. Yeah, like that's like, gonna like he is, he's not anywhere near Houston's biggest problem right now. Like that, that like that's someone you don't need to worry about. Right? Now. Like he's he's a good vet, good defender. He's may not be he may not be the most talented offensive player, but. He can do some stuff. He's just he's gonna be your eighth or eighth, ninth or tenth guy, and he may not play some nights. Like it's not like he is not someone to worry about. And I guess a, a follow up question would be like, is that worth the first round draft pick? I don't know. Like I, well, what I really want to know is what he gets in the off season. Like if if he gets like ten million a year, like that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting to evaluate what kind of contract he gets. Okay, uh, next question. Well, uh, well, I've got a couple left. Here we go. Which one do we uh, have? We have Playoff Shumpert here, Rockets fan for EV, presumably forever. Uh, what playoff first-round matchup do y'all think would be best matchup for the Rockets? Teams like OKC, Utah, the Clippers, Portland, and San Antonio are all potential matchups. Yeah, anybody underneath the Rockets is a potential matchup. Um, da, 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 da. I'd say from that bottom bracket, I'd say the Jazz are definitely the team. Uh, if you can get that three seed again, uh, then yeah. I think the Jazz are the team you want to play in the first round. Uh, or the four, if they climb. I mean, they're in the five right in the second, so. Yeah. Um, so it could be four or five, who knows. The Jazz are in the five seed right now? For the moment. they For, After the game's ended tonight, they're oh, okay. they're 45 and 30 along with the Clippers. Wow. Wow. Um, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise. Their schedule has been fairly easy to, to close out this, the season. Um yeah, well, in that case, I'd say uh, probably the Spurs or the or the Clippers. Like the the, I guess the matchup you want to avoid that first round is the Thunder. You don't want to play the Thunder in round. Yeah, you just one. don't want OKC. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Just don't want them. Every other team, I think, uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, as as we said earlier, like getting to the conference finals is going to be the the bigger question as to as far as in the playoffs is concerned. Um, yeah, just any team but OKC is an ideal playoff matchup. Uh, not ideal, but preferred. Um, any other questions we got before we close it out? <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify. We are now on Spotify. So if, hey. you, if you want to listen to the podcast on Spotify, you can find us there. Give us a review on iTunes if you enjoy the show. That really helps people find the show. Five stars is preferred, but if you want to give us one star... Uh, go rate another podcast because we don't want one star. Uh, and yeah, guys, good night. 
Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.